Welcome to the Partnernomics Show, where industry thought leaders discuss the hottest topics in partnerships, ecosystems, and innovation. The Partnernomics Show is brought to you by IOLife Solutions, a product incubator specific to Salesforce. Now here's the host of the Partnernomics Show, Mark Brigman. Welcome back to another episode of the Partnernomics Show. It's so good to be with you again. Today we have Mr. Scott Murrell with us. Scott is joining us from the wonderful East Coast of the U.S. Scott, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Mark. How's it going? Good. Doing man, great, good. man. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. I've really enjoyed uh, our conversations, the world uh, that you live in. It's, it's just every time we have some chats, man, I always you stretch my brain in new ways, man. So I couldn't uh, couldn't be more happy to have you on the show, have you share some of your insights with our listeners. But uh, Scott, you're the founder of Partnership OS. So Partnerships yep. OS, you've been jamming that for a while. But before we dig into that, tell us a little bit about Scott. I mean, how how did you get into partnerships, and uh, why have you decided to to dig into partnerships as your career for uh, this chapter? So, uh, well, thanks, Mark, for having me. Uh, always great to kind of banter with you and go back and forth and get your insights on. Uh, just the industry and what I'm working on and um, how we can help partnerships uh, kind of grow within within organizations. My experience uh, in partnerships started primarily in in startups. Um, uh, most recently, I was at Reach Escort and their partnerships um, and uh, have been focused primarily on product partnerships. I enjoy product partnerships because it kind of combines two things I love. I love product. And I love uh, building relationships with people. Um, that I think that that is the, the one of the key things that partnership teams can can bring to organizations. They can help them grow. They can help uh, build uh, trust uh, with uh, their audience, and can actually help uh, accelerate growth within organizations by partnering and borrowing trust. Uh, from the value that they create by combining two companies' offerings and putting together better together stories. So I've been doing that for about 15 plus years, primarily focusing um, in the early stage uh, startups and um, even going all the way through with uh, to an IPO with one at Yaks. Awesome, man. Yeah, those are interesting rides. I, I love the the startup space, entrepreneurs. Partnernomics is business number six for me. So it's it's awesome to be able to talk to entrepreneurs and people that that work a lot in startups. So it definitely takes a, a, a unique breed to, to jump in and, and do this kind of work. So I, one of many reasons that I enjoy conversations with you. Let's go ahead and kick this off, jump into question number one, topic number one. And you've already used the T word, trust. Uh, we talk about you know trust being just the foundation of all relationships and one of the imperatives for uh, partnership success. So I love this topic, and uh, so let's let's hit that. So many times that we talk about you know just the importance of trust, but we don't really kind of share much deeper than that. And so I'd like to just know you know from from your career, whenever you're coaching founders, coaching partnering professionals, um, what's some of those things about trust that um, you know, that that you would share as a recommendation of how people can build it, maintain it. I mean, what's, what do people need to know about trust? I, trust at, at the end of the day is, is transparency to me, right? I, I think that um, your ability to um, be clear with what you're trying to accomplish 
uh, and your objectives and your communication um, helps both both parties essentially accomplish their goals. And so the clearer you can be um, in that process of setting clear objectives and being transparent with communication um, helps build that trust. You can do that through uh, you know shared project management tools such as mutual action plans and regular check-ins uh, to keep people aligned and updated. Um, that and then maintaining trust is also just being consistent. Uh, I think that consistency is key. I think that if, if you aren't consistent, um, then it, you know, your ability to build goodwill um, is, is tested. So if you can uh, establish clear objectives, be transparent, and be consistent, um, you're going to see your partnerships perform, and you're also going to be able to be, build uh, long-term trusted relationships with your partners. Seems like whenever we build relationships with other people, you know, we're always trying to figure out, do, do they really have my best interests at heart? Or are they kind of taking this zero-sum mentality where they're just trying to get as much from me as they can? And I love where you're talking about, you know, just being really transparent. If you think about whenever you've gone in and have negotiated an agreement or, you're, you know, you're just trying to kind of work your way through some agreement. Um, it's interesting to see, like, what what are they saying and how are they sharing information so that they're actually convincing me that they care about me, too? And it's not just this zero-sum approach. But I think a lot of times whenever we set up these partnerships, set up these relationships, um, we tend to hold information close to our chest. We think information is power. So I'm going to I'm going to hold this information uh, close to my chest so I have these other chips to kind of play with. But what I found, what's interesting is the only, or the, I guess the best way for our partners uh, to give us value is if we're transparent and we share with them what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish, so they have the opportunity to give us that value if it's a capability that they have. Does, have you found that through, through your career as well, where it's almost like the success equation or the, the successful approach is the exact opposite of what a lot of people do when it comes to information sharing or information hoarding, as I call it. Yeah, I, you, you, you're highlighting something that I kind of always think about. One of the reasons why I love, love partnerships is it's kind of, there's a lot of like problem, uh, you know, it's problem uh, and solution building in many cases. Um, the best partnerships that I've been able to establish as a partner that is transparent with providing me enough information to kind of like the puzzle pieces for us to build the best partnership possible. If you're withholding information, it's hard to like you're we're having to make assumptions based off of what we know. And it's hard to make adjustments on things that we don't. And so if there are clear um, goals that the other person is trying to achieve, like it's much easier to help them um, achieve their goals if they're transparent with what they're trying to, to do. Because it, if you you know, a lot of this comes down to kind of like emotional EQ and being able to help others uh, achieve their goal and read through like, all right, well, if that's, if their goal is X and I, and I can help them achieve that, then I'm going to build a much stronger relationship with them than only focusing on what my goals are. And I think that that's, 
the more you can focus on how to help other people achieve their goals, the more success you'll probably see um, in the outcomes that you're looking for with with your own personal goals. Yeah, I love that. I think as we look at different partners or people that we think would be good partners of ours, I think kind of step one is to see, just like you're talking about, where are they trying to go? What are their strategic their strategic objectives. And if it's naturally aligned with what you and your organization are trying to capture as well, those that's the companies and the people that you need to be talking to. Because uh, those, those are the opportunities that will take the least amount of effort, the least amount of moving, moving mountains in order to provide value to, to both organizations. I think that's great, great insights. Let me go ahead and hit you with uh, question number two. And let's... All right. That is kind of centered around, and you're talking about kind of this idea, this concept of science experiments and and kind of treating partnership opportunities or these evaluations as as science experiments. What what does yes. that mean? Um, so I kind of similar to the the earlier part, and it's a nice transition, is like when building these relationships. You know, it, it's not about as gathering as many relationships as possible. It's about building quality relationships um, and um, and being transparent in what your what your goals are. Um, and one of those things is, is like, well, how everyone's goal is to build successful partnerships. But um, what's really difficult is sometimes you're having to place uh, bets on a limited number of partners. Uh, based off of your identification process. This would be a great partner for us, right? And um, as part of that, you start going on recruiting partners. And um, as part of that process, um, you're building a relationship. But the a, a scientific or experimental approach to this, um, to try to find out whether or not, if I was able to land this partnership, what what does this, does this actually build leads or an audience or convert in the way that um, uh, that achieves my goals. And sometimes that can be accomplished through essentially um, testing your the value proposition of what that, that partnership would end up creating. And so uh, how you scientifically can uh, essentially validate these partners, essentially it's called like partner market fit, right? Um, and from there it's like, can I create content? or resources around what the joint value prop is for my audience and validate that there's an actual audience around this partnership. So after I spend all that time building a relationship and um, going through all the different stages, involving all the different teams and doing all the contracting and everything else, that there's actually going to be leads um, and uh, the ability to build an audience around what that joint value prop is. And that is, is a, a way to essentially kind of scientifically test or experiment with these partnerships before investing a ton of time and money to with the goal of trying to achieve higher quality partnerships um, in a shorter period of time. It sounds like it's, it's borrowing from, you mentioned a lot of product uh, partnerships that you've done in the past. I mean, the, the steps that we go through to build new products we don't start by building the product. We step by. We start by going out into the market, asking questions. We have a certain hypothesis of what this product take rate will be, the value that it will provide, what the economics might look like, and we try to test 
those assumptions that we have and that hypothesis that we have, we try to test those up front while we, before it gets really expensive. And what I hear you say is you can take that same methodology that we do with products and turn around and apply it to potential partnerships and to see if the hypothesis that, that you're making, if you can actually get, you either get people to say yes to, to be, to buy from you yep. or get them to say yes to hand them over as a as a lead or as an opportunity to one of your partners but uh, a lot of the same concepts hold true yeah absolutely i, th I think one of the things that's that's been uh really interesting an area that i've kind of been focusing in is like this concept of like lean marketing um where like it's a lot easier to essentially test the value prop and the messaging and uh, towards a targeted audience to understand whether or not this partnership or the value that that partnership would bring to solving your customer's problems is a lot easier to validate than to go recruit and then uh, spend going through your partnership pipeline and contracting and then doing the integration and spending six to 12 months doing all that to then find out that like the marketing aspect, the go-to-market aspect of the partnership piece is where it ends up failing. And that's actually the part that we care about the most in many cases uh, from a growing a business is like we're doing this partnership to essentially add value to our business and our partner's business. But if there's no audience there, it's kind of like building a field of dreams um, and not anybody, anybody comes. So it's like, how do we get ahead of that and test that? Um, so that the partnerships that we are focused on, on the ones that we've identified, we know that there is um, uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, or we can build an audience around what that solution provides when we build that joint value prop. Yeah. Let's uh, shift gears and go to question number three, and that's centered around contracts or agreements or contracting. And you know, we we talk a lot about at, at Partnernomics about partnerships being on this continuum between highly strategic, maybe you only have one partner that you're teamed up with where you're building a new solution, right? Let's say kind of the most extreme of, of strategic, truly strategic partnerships. Then the opposite end of the spectrum, maybe it's uh, referrals, affiliates, where you're going to be working with dozens or hundreds or thousands, depending on you know the size of your program. And different partners need to be treated different ways, and they need to be contracted in different ways. Um, so contracts can do a lot of different things for us as partnering professionals and in our companies and giving us safeguards, but share some of your, your backgrounds and some of your thoughts on different ways that, uh, different value that contracts bring for, for companies and for partnering professionals. Yeah. I, I mean, contracts are essentially like a living guide to to the partnership. It's something that we've all like, this, we're talking about transparency, putting everything down of like what, uh, what the milestones are, what we want from performance and just kind of the obligations and accountability that we have with each other. And um, I know agreements are uh, sometimes where I think some, uh, some companies struggle in getting, getting to that point and they just kind of do a partnership and, uh, whether it be a marketing one or just like using someone else's APIs and we're going to like go to market together on this, um, you end up finding yourselves, um, you kind of end up going in it alone and it ends up not being a true partnership. It, it, it kind of is documenting 
that agreement that we're going to work together on this. And you can provide incentives and different um, different things that kind of um, they might be willing, but now they're a little bit more obligated um, and they have a more of a commitment. And I think that that's what um, everyone's looking for is like a, a commitment to drive success and what and what we're building together as part of that. And the agreement just kind of is the governance of what we believe the life cycle of this partnership would be. I, I guess so in, in what ways would you advise people, you know, so building out programs and having different partners, different size companies do things different ways, right? So you talk to some yeah. uh, partner professionals, some analysts, big into traditional channel. They're like, well, what are you talking about negotiating contracts? You know, it all just has to be click through standard agreements, all about scalability, yeah. that sort of a thing. And then we talk on the other end of the spectrum uh, about like certainly in your background with with product focused partnerships. I mean, basically every one of them or the vast majority of them are, are truly negotiated out because you want to take advantage of the unique capabilities that those partners have. And so, you know, just by definition, they have to be customized. Um, you know, so as as organizations think about kind of the standard agreement, um, you know, there's certainly a cost and some time that goes into really having those deeper conversations of looking at special incentives and and, and building out a step-by-step -step map of what a company is going to provide to you for you. So it's used as, as a tool to govern expectations and what the relationship is. Um, Love love to just kind of hear any more color that you could put on that or insights that you might be able to share. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the ways like kind of the uh, I've leveraged contracts before is essentially like setting timelines and helping from like a roadmap perspective. And that's kind of that that commitment piece that I was kind of, uh, commenting earlier is in it's kind of the milestones, right? It's like it's like the SOW of like we're agreeing to you're going to have this part of uh, this API done for us um, by X period of time. And a lot of this is essentially, if you're thinking about like a, it's, it's like the delivery uh, on the commitment that you made. And this helps align product teams. It helps align marketing teams. It helps align sales and your, and your success because you want everyone to have an obligation to hit certain timelines. And by doing that, it makes it a lot easier on all those, those teams to kind of build um, their roadmap at the end of the day to, um, to make sure you're able to have successful launches. Um, so that's just the product aspect of it, right? So you're like, hey, you're gonna provide um, these tools to us to essentially build this. You're going to provide engineering resources. Um, and these are the people, here are the key stakeholders that are involved. These are the emails. These are the support channels, um, those obligations. And then it's then you also are going to be able to um, layer in the like scale aspect, right? Like if you're doing this partnership, are, are you contracting any marketing um uh, line items in there. So are you going to do a launch together? Are we doing a PR release? Are they launching one as well with us? Um, are they, how many blog posts are they committed? Like getting a lot of those, let's say those tasks built into that contract um, helps you build out 
the uh, resources you need on your side and, and gives you clear visibility into what commitments they're making to make this launch successful. And like you mentioned, are there different types of incentives? So you could layer in financial incentives if they hit certain timelines. Um, and those can be do, uh, added as like an MDF um, where you're kind of getting these, these uh, marketing development funds that help essentially invest more in this partnership. Um, but those are kind of the, 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 the various ways that you could leverage uh, contracting to help you deliver products on time, provide clear roadmaps to your marketing, your sales team, and your success team, giving your, part, your product team access to their product team to build uh, quality um, technology partnerships. That and then adding like growth, uh, let's say scale or growth to that partnership by getting them to make marketing commitments in like tangible assets as blogs, number of social posts, uh, events you might hold together. Those are all different ways that you can leverage contracts to um, provide that, that roadmap for the success of that partnership. Yeah, I love that, man. We, we talk about building SPPs or strategic partnering plans and, and really that builds the framework of what your ideal partner looks like and what some of those deal terms would be. As you had mentioned, you know, maybe there's a tech integration opportunity. Maybe there's marketing operation. You know, maybe there's some marketing components there. Certainly sales components for referrals or, or, or even if they're actually closing deals for you. But knowing what all of those terms are, and then we're huge believers that a contract is a document that obligates performance. And so, you know, if you just have click-through agreements and there's no obligation, you have a, a relationship of convenience. And it's normally not convenient to provide value to other companies. It just, you won't be top of mind. I love the approach of put contracts in place that have obligation performance, you know, on each side. So whenever you're working with that partner, you're collaborating with them, you are quote unquote managing them. There's it's success is binary. It's black or white. It's yes or no. And you have something to performance manage too. If you, if you can't uh, raise your arm and say, yes, we won or, or no, we, we failed this quarter, this month, whatever, to meet those obligations or those targets, if you don't have those in place, you have nothing to manage. You don't know if your partner was successful or not. <laughs> yeah, and that and and it's it's hard for you to also um, provide what kind of commitments you have internally to leadership, right? Like you know, if, if there's nothing, if there's no agreement on what you're going to accomplish together that has you know some weight to it. Um, that you can point to, then you're kind of just building relationships and asking you're asking for favors um, uh, and and hoping that people deliver on them. Um, where this kind of um, that that creates that obligation and and a roadmap that you can point to internally for the rest of uh, your you know um, that kind of allows you to back up the work that you've done and what you've been able to and, and what you can kind of point to. Let's uh, transition to question number four, and that is around a very interesting and very hot topic, AI, artificial intelligence. 
You know, so this has certainly been in the news a lot lately, huge buzz around it. But I think a lot of us uh, partnering professionals are just uh, in general, as, as business folks, we're trying to figure out what in the heck is AI and then how can we use it as a tool? Uh, so, Scott, what are you seeing with, uh, you know, yourself and your own clients? What kind of recommendations are you making uh, for, as to how those professionals can use AI? Yeah, I mean, I think AI has can, can end up making well, it's making a huge impact in multiple areas of business right now. Um, but I think one of the things and why it could have a huge impact in partnership space is because in many cases, my experience is the, the partnerships teams are always uh, under resourced or they're borrowing from from uh, from other teams. So I think AI can help play a role in areas that can allow partnership teams to operate more efficiently um, by leveraging essentially technology to, to perform some roles where they're typically having to ask for resources. Those areas, um, that the ones that come top of mind, three are like content. So like the partner marketing uh, role, um, tasks, some of the repeatable like tasks that um, the teams having to do, or sorry, a partner uh, managers having to do, or the head of partnerships uh, across the organization, and then the other is really around like data analysis. Um, to, I think the thing that a lot of teams struggle with is um, managing what the impact of partnerships has uh, within an organization, and I think that uh, you know AI with its pattern recognition and ability to, uh, let's say, some of the uh, transcription services uh, that people are leveraging today to, to hear uh, when partnerships are actually getting involved in the various stages of um, of of like a uh, when working with a customer is it on the is it happening in the marketing function is it happening more in the sales or in the customer success and being able to like listen for signals which AI can do instead of having to kind of hunt and pick throughout the organization to uh, highlight wins where partners um, have made an impact. I think it's going to be fun to see this transition. It's like the data technology and data analysis of old was to present the information so that a human could evaluate it and determine what to do. But I think the future state is whenever more intelligence comes in where a system tells you what to do and then you know backs it up why it's almost like a recommendation engine but then also backing it up with with the why as well being more proactive as opposed to just reactive it'll be awesome to to watch that continue to unfold yeah i mean specifically in like the like there's that and then i think there's also like it's kind of the, the brainstorming or ideation space. And I think that that's where you, you, the content aspects of that comes in, right? And so um, if you're thinking about um, different partnership strategies or um, executing on marketing campaigns, if, if you have as fine a successful um, process, AI can help deliver 80% of the work in a repeatable way that allows you to spend more time um, instead of focusing on writing uh, joint value props or blog posts or um, uh, let's say maybe even your weekly updates that you might be providing to the exec team is just taking your notes from the week and being able to create really well-structured, um, let's say, 
um, you know, communications throughout the organization. So you can spend more time what we want to be doing, which is building the relationship and not working on the, the individual tasks that come out of just building those relationships. Yeah. I think it'll certainly make for happier employees. I know I, I'm not all that interested in all these mundane tasks. And uh, so that that's uh, definitely something that I'm looking forward to and, and how we're leveraging as well. Well, Scott, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us and to share some insights, man. It's been really good catching up with you. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. And, um, you know, I always enjoy our conversations about how we can um, kind of move forward the, the the partnership role and try to kind of standardize the way that we're all we're all thinking about this so that we, um, you know, we're, we're all end up being successful at the end of the day. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Partnernomics Show. Don't forget to subscribe to get the newest episodes at thepartnernomicsshow.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Iolite. To learn more about Iolite, visit iolitepro.com. And Partnernomics, the science of partnering. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics courses, coaching programs, and consulting services, visit partnernomics.com. See you on the next episode.